I think really the idea is as creative beings, as people who are growing and whatever, it's like, you do need that. We just need to be seafood essentially. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, takeaway from this podcast is to be more like seaweed. <laughs> it's a take home message today. It's going to be the title. Yes. Be more like seaweed. I know, right? <laughs> be like seaweed. <laughs> Hello, you beautiful soul beings. Welcome to episode 27 of the Big Little Soul podcast. Today, I am welcoming back a repeat guest, a soul sister, a truly magical human, a master manifester and relationship coach, Alexia Sitaris. If you haven't already listened to my first episode recording with Alexia, I encourage you to find episode 18 entitled Healing Lineages and Becoming Magnetic, where we talk about the law of attraction, the power of intention setting, and the interrelation of mental, physical, and spiritual well-being. On today's episode, Alexia and I are diving into the human tendency to focus on things that distract us from the present, the things that impede our ability to derive the most potent lessons from life, and the many factors that are at play in the ways that we show up during times of discomfort, the ways that we show up in our relationships, and so much more. So as always, thank you for being here. And without further ado, let's dive in. Yeah. Okay. Wait, should we actually, speaking of structure. Yeah. Okay. So I, I would should love. Should we bring structure to this? Yes. I would wanna... love to just actually start with some grounding energy. So why don't we just close our eyes and take three deep breaths? And I invite you as the listener to do the same, to just... Bring yourself into this present moment. Just feel your sit bones in your seat or your feet on the earth. And just take a deep breath. just notice the difference in your energy. It's after five seconds, 10 seconds, 15 seconds of just being with yourself, with this moment, with your breath. Notice what you can feel in your body, what emotions come up for you, what thoughts are most prevalent for you, what your heart might want to speak right now. And just give yourself permission to be with that. 
and ground into that. And know that this moment right here, right now is perfect just as it is. And when you're ready, I invite you to just flutter your eyes open and come back. Thank you so much for being here. And I just want to take a moment to really honor you, Alexia Sitaris, for the woman that you show up in this world as. And I truly have just been so inspired by you and your light and your energy. And it has been so beautiful to watch you go from the girl I met working in a cafe to a woman who is now doing exactly what you said you wanted to be doing when we sat down and had coffee in Arizona. You are facilitating retreats in Greece. You are a relationship coach and an astrologer and just this beautiful conglomeration of so many things, so many skills, so much knowledge, so much wisdom, and just a true representation of what it means to manifest the life of your dreams. And I love you so much for that. And I'm so honored to have you back on the podcast. <laughs> I am, first of all, thank you. <laughs> I'm so honored to be here. Um, that is so sweet. Thank you for saying that, really. I think sometimes you can like know these things and I'm like definitely in the recent, like I guess the last, yeah, the last year I've definitely had like the realization of like, oh wow, all the things that I've been working on for the last how many years are coming to fruition and are just going to keep coming to fruition and things like that. But it was so funny because literally like not even an hour before this, uh, this conversation, I was like having a moment where I was like, I've just been happy, you know, it's, you know, what's so funny too, is like, we're so afraid to mess up in life or feel uncomfortable or whatever, but that's like, that's, that is literally where we grow. So I was having a moment where I was just like, just feeling like I'm not doing enough. I'm not like being enough. I'm not enough for any, like, I'm not enough for me. I'm not enough for someone else. I'm not a little, like all these, all these things. And so I was just having a moment and it was like, I was like, sometimes it's just nice to hear that you're doing a good job. And I was like, well, who's going to tell I was like, if I don't even think I'm doing a good job, like, you know, which I knew consciously, I know that, I know that this is just a program, but like mm -hmm. subconsciously, I'm like, oh, like, you just suck at everything. <laughs> anyway, so it's just really funny because I was like, all right, Alexia, I was like, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And then it just, um, it's just funny. So thank you for saying all those things because- I definitely mm. was not feeling them like 30 minutes ago. <laughs> I, I mean, you were feeling it. human. You were feeling human. Yes. You had a human moment. Damn. <laughs> right. Imagine. Right. <laughs> um, I'm actually curious because you said that it, are words of affirmation a love, a, a love language for you? Um, you know, they are. 
but I think I'm realizing. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. So I would usually the last time I, I assessed it, it was quality time, acts of service, and then words of affirmation. Mm -hmm. Um, but I kind of do, I feel like I, yeah, possibly I think words may, may be, maybe more important than I give them credit for, but I don't know. It's definitely in the top three though. Like I need yeah. words because that's someone that like, I need to see that things are happening, but I also like have this funny thing as I'm like trying to grow my trust in myself um, and the things that I'm doing, like that I'm, I realize that like, even if I can see all these things and I can know it and I can maybe guess like, Oh, this and this, like, you know, I can, I can, if I can see that someone's actions are showing that they care or something like that, yeah. um, that's great. And I'll trust in that. And I can see that and whatever, but I also have this thing where I don't trust it until someone like spells it out for me. Mm -hmm. Like, even if mm -hmm. like, like, and this is like a very like thing about like what, if you've been emotionally fulfilling, like the needs of your parents for a lot of your life and stuff like that, like, um, or the needs of others, or yeah, you haven't really like been taught how to manage your energy from a young age, the program will run that you're going to be, <laughs> you, the program will run that like, you're not enough or you're not mm -hmm. doing enough or whatever, especially if you grew up in, in like a very, you know, say for my household, it's my, <clears throat> my dad's a Greek immigrant. And then my mom was raised by a Greek immigrant. And so immigrants have a very like masculine approach to things because of the, you know, the American dream. So, which is just work really hard. <laughs> so it was like, you know, if you sit down on the couch, it was like, well, what else could you be doing? And so it's like yeah. rest like, was not a thing. <laughs> and so, um, so anyway, all of, all of those, all of these things coming into play, the program will run that like, you're not, you're not enough. And you're actually, you're actually a burden too, because it's like, if mm -hmm. you run, you know, filling the emotional needs of your parents, you obviously can't make them happy because they can only make themselves happy. So at the end of the day, you're, you build this program that it's like, Oh, I'm not enough. Or I'm not, um, what's the word? I'm, what's the word I'm looking for? Worthy. The words. Yeah. There's something like, um, Oh, with that, you're going to think that like literally everyone hates you for no reason. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, and it's not funny, but it's like, you kind of have to like, I laugh about it because I'm like, consciously, I'm like, I know that's not true. Yeah. But sometimes I have to hear it. Like, you know, like even like when, and whenever I move in with like new roommates, even if I know my roommates like love me generally, I, I'll move in like this. I, I realized it. I, I remember when I realized it, like I was like, why do I literally feel like these good friends of mine that I just moved in with hate me just for existing in this house? <laughs> and I was like knowing that it was it was what you would call like at face value crazy but it's it's not it's just it's just the difference between what you built as a as a as a child that didn't have a critical mind mm -hmm. to decipher what was true and what was not true and and now as someone who's conscious is still running on patterns in the background of what they built when they didn't understand what was how to discern yeah exactly Ugh. Yeah. Just like yeah, you said, it's, so it's a program. It's not, it's not crazy. It's a program that mm -hmm. we had deeply ingrained in our psyche 
and even in our somatic body when we were children, mm-hmm. based on a lack of emotional co-regulation from our parents, based on yes. what we perceived the world to be and the story that we created from the experiences that we had in our childhood. And yeah, this is, this is big, this concept of like, we are not crazy. There's nothing wrong with us. This is actually a learned pattern and this is rooted in trauma and that the word trauma I find can be triggering for some people, but trauma is totally different for us all. And we all internalize it differently. And this is something so big that I've been learning in this course that I'm currently in is like the processing of trauma and how we break these patterns. So I'm actually curious for you. So as a relationship coach and as somebody who works with people, when you're working with somebody who has these types of patterns and conditioning and these programs running of this sense of not enoughness of this sense of hyper criticism from other people that doesn't actually exist. where people are judging you, but they're not actually judging you. It's this preconceived notion that becomes a self-limiting belief and a a pattern that just plays out in our mind. How do you coach people through this? What, what advice do you give to people and how do you help people break this pattern? Yeah. Yeah. So my first, my first thought Well, yeah. Okay. So if we break it down, it is at face value, the hypercriticism is like a toxic masculine energy. So it's a lot of the, like the hypercriticism, like masculine energy has, there's a lot of different things. It's of course the doer energy and things like that, but toxic masculine energy is like rather Divine masculine energy is being able to be honest with yourself. And if there's like a, something that you need to be critical about, you just say, okay, I see this. It's not working out, blah, 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 going through that. So any hyper criticism where you're like berating yourself for just like having an experience or being human or whatever, that's masculine. So I know that masculine energy is going to cause you to overthink. So the first the first thing I do is one of one of two things, two things that are really important. One, you want to identify where the voice came from in your head that's telling you that everybody hates you, that everybody is whatever, like whose voice and whose criticism is it actually? Mm-hmm. Usually it's going to be one of your parents um, or whoever raised you. Um, that's what it's typically going to be. So you want to, you want to identify what, who the voice is. And I really find it really important to have the conscious and the subconscious approach because I find that as a society we're becoming a lot more consciously aware which is great but we're not moving the energy through the body and that's why we can become aware of it but still feel like the cycle continues and we can become aware of it and then we we find ourselves back in the criticism because we're not breaking the subconscious cycle of it so the awareness will help but uh, so anyway, so you want to identify whose voice it is, who, what, what is that? And, and you want to identify then where you feel it in the body. Mm-hmm. So typically if it's masculine energy, it's going to live right below the sternum. And that's where we hold a lot of anxiety and a lot of anger. And a lot of people are repressing their anger, which comes out in criticism or, or whatever, self-criticism or overworking or whatever. Um, 
or hyper-focus on everything outside of ourselves. So at the end of the day, I find that when we're thinking so much and overly criticizing ourselves, we're, we're trying to figure out all the story on the outside when the outside is, it literally does, it doesn't exist. <laughs> like it doesn't actually, whatever we see is actually just a hologram. Yeah. If we want to get super, like super trippy about it, it's yeah. just a hologram. The outside because all the this stuff screen. is yes, it it's the does not screen. exist yeah. it, outside of our perception. Exactly how it is programmed to exist and how we perceive it to exist. Yeah. If a tree falls in a forest and no one is there to hear it, does it make a sound? My thought is no, because in order for it to be, it has to be heard. The sound has to be heard, which is caused by an ear, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so if no one's there to have an ear, like, <laughs> no, there's no sound. It doesn't exist. <laughs> like, it doesn't. But anyway, all of that to say, all that to say, how do we break the cycle? We, we have to realize that all these things are just our perception. Mm -hmm. So all of these stories in our head of how everybody's judging us, figure out who it was in your lifetime that kind of created that little pattern. That's the mini step one. That's kind of like when you're going to go for a run, it's like just the first step. Like once you get yourself out the door, you're going to be on your run. Right. So the conscious yeah. awareness is the step out the door, but then the actual run is going to be, okay, where is it in the body? And where is it living? Because then it actually is like, okay, where is this in my work? What is this? Like, so in relationships, you'll just, you'll just find that like, it's actually very good to find the people and the things that trigger you into, that challenge you into those places that are going to cause you to ask, okay, where's this coming from? Why does this feel so uncomfortable? Yeah. Um, not to continuously put yourself in toxicity, but you want, you want to identify what, what it is generally, and then you want to bring it back into the body. And then, and then we process it through the body. But yeah. if you never bring it back to the body, um, you'll just kind of be splashing around on the surface, but you want to get deeper. Right? So. I love that you're bringing this piece into play. And for those listening to like this, this piece of processing in the body is very often something you need to work with a coach with because it's not something that we're taught. It's not something that we learn. Unfortunately, I wish we did, but this piece of what is very often referred to as somatic experiencing or somatic processing, this is where it becomes so important because trauma is quite literally stored in the body. And these programs that we're running on are stored in the body and in our psyche. So for example, when you brought it back to that place below the sternum, which is our, our chakra, the solar plexus, this is our power center. And so often, um, as you said, that will manifest through various things that we project out into our external world. And it can also manifest into physical things. And so we can start to notice physical ailments or even just the storing of fat. Your body will literally store fat around areas where your trauma is being stored because what does fat do? It protects it. And yes. so I see this so often in people that I work with. I've seen this in myself and I've heard countless stories of it where people literally don't change their diet or exercise routine. They change their stress levels. They change how they're processing their trauma. They change the relationships in their life. And all of a sudden they're like, I'm losing all this weight and I'm not really trying to do it. 
And it's like, well, Mm -hmm. there's so much more to weight than macros in and macros out. And (laughs) some people would fight me on this, (laughs) but Oh, um, totally. Capricorn and I'm Irish, so come at me, bro. (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? It's the and it's the (laughs) exactly. And case in point, I say this all the time that and it's not about the physical whatever, but I I even knew this because my body changed after my mom died. And and oh yeah, it was if she died in a car accident that I was also in. So of course my body underwent a lot of trauma just in general. So there's that, but, um, yes, I started carrying more weight in my arms and I know it's because your arms are the extension of the heart. Mm -hmm. So it's trying to cover my heart. And I noticed that my, my stomach will change. Oh, I know when I'm going through an emotional breakthrough because always I can see it in my stomach. Like I, I just, it's almost like, and I know it, I know it now. I think old me would have looked at it and been like, oh my God, I'm letting myself go. And I would have like probably gone into like this toxic, like diet culture or something, something. But I know how my, how my skin reacts on my face. My cheeks get irritated when I'm, when I'm processing through something, usually when I'm releasing anger, my stomach will hold weight in a, in such a way that I just, I just know. Mm -hmm. And if I give it like 10 days of deep processing, it will literally look completely different. And it's not because I was like, you know, working out really hard or anything. And, um, and yeah, anytime I've gone through like a deep process, it's like things like if I'm in a relationship that I'm not supposed to be in, like say like, as <laughs> my skin, will, my, and I know how my skin breaks out and I'm like, oh, I shouldn't be in this shit. <laughs> it's yeah Yeah. it's funny but it's not funny like how our body will show us those signs I'm the same way with my gut issues if I am not devoting time to myself to my daily practices if I am in relationships that I know are toxic if I am doing things repeating patterns that I know are toxic self-deprecating patterns my gut Mm. my gut health just starts to revert again. And that's something I spent so many years to heal. And, but it's the first thing it's like, hello, pay attention. Because if you don't, you're going to go down a very dark path again. And I mean, the beautiful thing about getting sick and having all the gut issues and hormone issues that I did for me was that it was quite literally my spiritual awakening and everything that went into that process of healing. And now I know to pay attention to those physical symptoms because there's so much more than just a physical quote unquote symptom. Yes. Yes. Like, Oh my God, everything. I love that too, because yeah, I think, and that's what I feel like everybody, especially people that have gifts, like, like a psychic gifts, especially Mm -hmm. they will go through a period of time where they, they develop a chronic illness and yeah, that's a whole nother tangent. I won't go on that, but like <laughs> Western medicine cannot treat chronic illness because it's not even, I, I would say that chronic illness isn't even illness. It's, it's, it's chronic information. <laughs> and I, <love> <laughs> I was going to say it's trauma, but yeah, it's chronic information rooted in trauma and emotions. Yes. And so it's like, yeah. And that's, and that's what it's, yeah. 
And that's why my, my work is like <laughs> making your, your relationships slash your breakups, your superpowers break up in any sense. It's like, because the, the, the hardest things like what, yeah, what actually spurred my spiritual awakening was you could date it back. Like I would say, yeah, like it was chronic illnesses, but chronic illnesses that began after a traumatic breakup with a person who represented the patterns that I've been trying to resolve with my mother. No way. Really so, funny how that happens. <laughs> can't see that. It's like, oh, tick, 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 tick. And it's so funny because, and then if you look at my birth chart, I have, and it's so funny because I had, I had intuitively gone into work in relationships just because I was like, something is here. Some like, there's so much energy around it. Like I would have these like karmic connections. And I think a lot of people have like one really like crazy karmic connection, but I like, <laughs> know that I have like so many, but like, you know, I have like a hand off the top of my head. I can think of like these like crazy, like karmic, unexplainable connections that'll never go away with those people that'll eventually come around. And I have like four of them. If you look at my birth chart, I have a North, my North node is in Scorpio. So that's life, life purpose, North node, Scorpio, seventh house, which is relationships, unions, partnerships, like whatever. Mm -hmm. And I have a lot of planets representing in that house. So I'm meant to grow a lot through my relationships and I'm meant to to like resolve a lot of like things in relationships. And then if you look at my birth chart, my second house, which is like where I feel like I'm in my most value, my most worth, whatever is in Gemini, which is Gemini is a lot of like a teaching energy, a teacher energy. So if you put all of those things together, you can perceive the energy as like someone who's meant to teach people in relationships. But anyway, the way that what, what, ugh. It's just funny how the energy is like so synchronistic, you know, it's like none of these things are like an accident, you know, I was meant to have these like deep relationships that were meant to cause a lot of actual, like cause pain. I had the one big breakup that like set off skin reactions, digestive issues, um, vocal issues, all this stuff. Um, that was like the main thing that set me off. But then the, the thing that kept like, putting me towards the whatever, like towards this, um, this work in relationships was that I kept finding these karmic partnerships that were representing the patterns of my mother. So mm -hmm. in a sense, all my work is meant for me to resolve my mother wound, but I have really strong experience in relationships and what people can learn from their relationships is that seems to be the all consuming something that seems to be what gets people the most because it's the chemistry, because it's like the love, the, the connection, the, like the physical, um, it nourishes you physically in a sense, like the physical yeah. int the intimacy, the emotional intimacy, like, like, and I find that so many people are so afraid of breaking up that they'll either block themselves from relationships or they'll cling on to a relationship so tight because they don't want it to end because they're afraid of what's going to, what's, what's not going to be there or what's going to be there. Like whether, you know, what the hurt that's going to be there, if you get attached to someone and something happens or doesn't work out or whatever, or they're afraid of what it's going to be like, if you don't, if you no longer have that relationship, but there, there is the actual thing <laughs> that's where the magic is yeah that's where mm -hmm. the, the lessons are and 
yeah, what you said about being afraid of what happens when that relational container ruptures and we say goodbye to that relationship or even that pattern in life. It's like, we're afraid to sit in the void. And that's why they call it avoidance. We dance around the void. And so we don't want to be in that space. And this is where the practices of being able to be with ourself come in. Because when we end a relationship or say no to a job that is no longer in alignment for us or let go of something in our life and we have these practices to be able to go within and dance in the void, we break that pattern of avoidance. Exactly. It's like the integration of the shadow. And that's what I find that like people get really tired in their healing work because they're like, I just don't want to feel the pain anymore. I just don't want to feel the pain anymore. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, when you think about it, yeah, the pain's like not fun. Like Mm -hmm. definitely not. And you shouldn't be living a life full of pain, (laughs) but, but I guess the idea is like, so what's that, what kind of changed my perspective was when I finally asked myself one day, I was like, if you're so afraid of the pain, I was like, okay, what? So you're happy all the time. <laughs> then what? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. How boring. Like, you know, like yeah. what, what's going to happen? Like, it's so funny because people, and it's like, you, and I see this so often with people that um, tend to avoid, have more of a tendency to avoid. It's like at the end of the day, they've protected themselves from whatever, but they're on happy mm-hmm. like so it's like you're not gonna be happy until you actually go into it because it's like you can't yeah. even see the light without the shadow so it's like you you literally can't have the light until you stop fearing the shadow like if you were afraid mm-hmm. of if you were afraid of the shadow you could actually never go into the sunlight because the shadow is going to be there when you're in the sunlight yeah, yeah that's so a exactly, great analogy it's like, yeah i think yeah though the there's no light without darkness kind of gets thrown around a lot in today's society, I think, but I love that you're touching on it because there is a really important message there. And it is that exactly what you said, you can't just live on one side of the spectrum of emotions. We can't live in joy and happiness all the time, especially when there's unresolved pain and grief and anger and sadness, because our, emotions are not just a teeter-totter that allow us to sit on one end and negate the other. When we negate and suppress and numb the grief, the sadness, the anger, the discomfort, we also prevent ourselves from feeling the joy, the happiness, the ecstasy, the bliss, the orgasmic nature of life to its fullest degree. Because when we numb one, we also numb the other because emotions are not, there's no line that segregates good from bad. We label them as positive and negative emotions in society, but in reality, they're just emotions. So we can't turn Mm -hmm. off one or a set of them and expect to not also be turning off and dulling the rest of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. 
Exactly. Exactly. And that's what like, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Dulling. Exactly. And it's like when, people want to like it's it's so it's so funny because I think that a lot of the problem is again that conditioning of like oh I just want to be happy in life and it's like happiness is an emotion like mm -hmm. what I find is some people are working towards something that's actually not not realistic like yeah. you don't you don't want to be just happy because ha like happiness is not a destination that's like that it makes no sense. It makes absolutely no sense because you, you just can't. And it's almost like, you know, these people that like, and you find this a lot, especially in the spiritual community too, people that want to spiritually bypass, they, they want to forget like, Oh, I find it. so Oh my God. When people are like, Oh, I don't use the word blah, 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 because it's negative. Like if I don't want to like, and I find this so much because even, okay. So in the work, when I do like, um, one of the, one of the, facets of my work is EFT tapping emotional freedom technique. So the actual basis of that work is to tap on the negative and the amount of times that I've worked with people that are like, I don't want to say that because it's um, like, if I say it, that means it'll happen. But I'm like, no, you're, you're emotionally regulating while tapping. So you're tapping on the negative all with the, all with the intention of you're emotionally regulating your brain's response to a neg, what, what you've been so afraid of. Mm -hmm. When you emotionally regulate around that, it doesn't have power over you. And when you're mm -hmm. sitting there like trying to be like, oh, I feel really bad. I'm just going to go do yoga and I'm, I'm not going to talk about any of the negative things and I'm not going to go there because that's not, that is, that's low vibe. And I'm like, no, when you do that <laughs> and you're like afraid to talk about it, mm -hmm. you're actually letting the negativity rule you. You're actually being ruled mm -hmm. by the negativity, even though you're pretending to you're you're pretending to be like positive and high vibe but you're actually you're not high vibe at all because you're so afraid of of anything like good vibes only is stupid <laughs> so, like, I don't want to say that but, like there's no such thing as good vibes only to like Yeah, people just want to like attract and manifest, but you cannot attract and manifest if you aren't integrating the positive and the negative. You cannot magnetize if there's not a positive and a negative. Mm -hmm. And the positive and the negative is really nothing. It's like a magnet's not sitting there like blocking its negative. It's just like, oh, this is my attractive force. The magnet doesn't know. It's just positive and negative and it sticks to the fridge. Yeah. That's just what happens. Other things will stick to it. The things that are not meant to stick to the positive or negative charge don't stick and the magnet's not crying about it you know like that's just what it is <laughs> yeah for sure and there's there's definitely something to be said with the the types of energies and everything that you surround yourself with and the types of things that you are doing to 
invigorate your energetic body, yes. And the thoughts that you think and the mantras that you say and the things that you journal about and the intentions you set and the things that you include into your daily practice, whatever that might look like for you. Yes, those right. those positive thoughts, those positive visions, the things when we sit and we envision the future that we want. Yes, that's all very powerful when it comes to manifestation to get very clear on the quote unquote good things or positive things or light, lighter things that we want in our life. And if we do those, wow, we are ignoring all of the things that are still present for us, like you said, and we're just, we haven't actually addressed everything that's underlying that. It's like trying to grow a garden on ground that's not fertile. And so this is where that energy of like, you have to burn down what no longer is in alignment and you have to go into that darkness, the shadow, the trauma, the grief, the pain, and all of that and turn up that soil so that you can create the fertile ground for the positive things to grow and manifest. Otherwise, it's just like what we're doing in the medical industry with like slapping prescriptions and band-aids on wounds that are actually chronic and we're just, it's like, oh, here's a pretty little positive band-aid to put on your festering <laughs> wound. Let's just cover that up with some toxic positivity. It'll be okay. Yes. And it, yes, exactly, exactly. And it's like, you know, I always say too, like, there is, of course, a time to play. And it really it matches everything you're saying. Like, the, yeah, the there is like, you, you do need to yeah ask yourself what programs are running in the back of your head and how can I adapt this? You know, because you do want to be like giving more, the only, the only way to overcome the darkness is to shed light on it. So it's like, of course, I think, I almost think the practice of what, I think what people miss the point of is like the practice of going into your shadow is actually shedding it's shedding light the only way to overcome it is to shed light on it and the more that you it's just funny because it's like people are so afraid of the the actual shadow itself when it's like just to work on the shadow that's that's the act of love you know to be able to go there and and be honest with yourself and like it's almost like going into the darkness is like the greatest act of love and light and whatever that you could, that you could be giving yourself. And exactly like Western medicine, like band-aid, like even just like, yeah, medicine. I love, I love medicine that helps people function, but if they're not coupling that with the deeper inner work, they're just, they're missing out on like, what's actually what the depth that their, that their soul is begging from there from them you know like and it's like you know if I like yeah exactly exactly if I if I break my arm I'm definitely not gonna ask for green tea and you know an energy healer like fix my arm fine (laughs) but like it's just like you have to like oh it's it's the balance of the both you know like it's the balance of the both and it's like ah exactly exactly you don't want to just yeah, yeah, go ahead. Finish your finish your thought. You don't. Oh yeah, just... you don't want to just block. You don't want to block the actual growth, you know. And I find that sometimes, like people also will go through this healing journey, and they're like, "Oh, this person is toxic. I'm cutting them off. I'm cutting them off. I'm cutting this off." And like, and again, it's kind mm-hmm. of like covering the wound. It's like blocking the wound instead mm-hmm. of actually 
healing it and managing it. And that doesn't mean stay in the toxicity. And that kind of like what you were saying with the environment, like when you're in an environment and whatever, like, yes, there's some things that don't do well for that, but don't like, don't just leave it and pretend like it didn't exist. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, I'll go back to what I was going to say before here in a second, but that element of not just blocking and not just pushing the things out that create that discomfort within us because every person and every lesson every circumstance has something to teach us but we have to be open to that we have to be able to sit in that void like I said before we have to be able to just get present to it and face the discomfort face whatever we're labeling as toxic or not aligned and say okay so why was this brought into my life what does this have to show me because there's absolutely positively something there and we can dance around the void and negate it but ultimately it's going to come up again there's going to be another relationship that comes up again and I have faced this in this past year I like have thought that I've healed something specific and then all of a sudden a person will come into my life or a job or an opportunity will come into my life and it starts to unfold and it's that recognition that oh my goodness there's still a pattern here oh my goodness there's still residual trauma here and instead of getting mad or getting resistant and pushing it away and just being like oh no clearly this is not for me dropping into that space of deep presence and awareness and saying what is the lesson here what does this have to offer me as uncomfortable as it may be what is here for me And I think that is one of the most powerful things that I've learned in this work. And especially in the past three years is just not because I came from a background of hugely toxic positivity. That was what I I just, let's paint all these red flags into pretty little roses and let's just like everything. (laughs) I was like, good vibes only. (laughs) And now learning that that exactly as you said, like it's, quote unquote stupid it's silliness it is not realistic to live your life in a good vibes only vibration 24 7 365 because there is no lesson there to be learned it's just an act of covering up elements of the human experience yeah and I I wanted to actually ask for your thoughts on kind of a parallel to what we were talking about before where like we can live in that state of wanting to resist all the negative and push all the negative away. And also there's another approach to it. And this is kind of, I went from a state of toxic positivity into this, where it was like, I was so deep in shadow work that that almost became my norm and I became so used to sitting in the depths of darkness and facing the chaos and the turmoil and the pain that there was almost this blockage to giving myself permission to fully embracing the good and the ecstasy and just the bliss of life because I had gotten so comfortable with working with the shadow and facing I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat it here. I, I did see a lot of trauma and loss in my childhood. And so 
I got really good at navigating that and facing that and seeing that as almost like the norm. And so now it's taken me a while to see that there's this beautiful balance between the good vibes and the positive vibrations and the shadow work. But I love to hear your thoughts also on if somebody is stuck in that navigation of the shadow and not allowing the good in, not like instead of rejecting the lessons and rejecting the challenges and the toxic relationships or what have you actually pushing away the good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cause that can be a thing. Like that can totally be a thing. It's like both sides of the spectrum. And I say this <clears throat> because we can, we can get addicted to our healing too. It's like, yes, we can, yeah, we can soak. And I see that so often because then it's like, one bad thing happens and you're like, what's the lesson here? Like, it's like, you know, you stub your toe and you're like, what am I learning from this? And it's like, okay, just let it be a stub toe, you know, but like, so <laughs> what, the way I, <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. like, this is a great point. Yes. Not every, yes. every single minute moment in life has to be a profound lesson. <laughs> so true because then I totally see that and like sometimes doing the work is like doing the work and sometimes doing the work and what what I the one of the biggest things that um that I like I'm a proponent of and in healing and stuff is like I I want the people that I work with to like enjoy the process even though it's it's not going to be fun like what are we doing it for if we're not practicing through this process enjoyment of our life and actual actual enjoyment of our life because a lot of what I find that so many people don't actually realize what they enjoy what they want what they want to do they're just like kind of running on these patterns trying to see what everybody else is doing and they're like oh and and it's like healing is hard healing is hard yes it can be it can be but like you said it's like you can only know you know you can only know so much as so much it's like opposite sides of the spectrum so what I what I kind of like to think of is it's really a dance mm-hmm. because when I'm doing the work is going to be sitting and journaling and getting deep and going deep and seeing and whatever and sometimes doing the work is like gonna be just to like not to not do the things yeah. to not think about it to let the answers come to you because it's also like a very masculine approach to healing sometimes to try to figure it all out. It's yes. almost like we can receive these answers. We can receive divine timing and synchronicities. And, you know, I think, okay, I'm going to say two things because two, two things are coming to mind, but like, I I think of it as the seasons because the seasons and the weather, like if you only have sunshine, you're going to have a drought. If you only have rain, you're going to flood. Mm-hmm. If you only have cold you're gonna freeze to death and if you only have hot you're gonna cook whatever else the weather's gonna be if it's all that it's not gonna work but having all of the seasons all of the whatever all of the it's a cycle so sometimes it's gonna be a little bit more whatever and so you can't just always have the sunlight you have to have both and they rely on each other (laughs) to be they rely on each other to work, to create an ecosystem, to create life. Um, so you have to have both. So I think of it as a seasons. I think of it as a dance and, you know, you, you 
have to find the things that you enjoy because in so much, you'll find so many, um, think like you'll find so much, uh, what's the word like light bulbs. What is it? Like, um, divine intervention, light bulbs that go off. There's a word that I'm looking for and it's not coming to me, but downloads you'll find that (laughs) yes like that yeah so it's like you know you'll find those I'm like there's like a epiphanies epiphanies like when you're enjoying yourself when you're enjoying yourself and like enjoying your life it's like that's yeah I think sometimes we forget to actually enjoy it because it's like what are we healing for if we're not enjoying like yes thank you beautiful yes I love that yes and so I like, there was a particularly like a little less than a year ago, I was like in a particularly like anxious state and I, there were like a million different things going on and I couldn't really get myself out of it. And I just, between work, life, whatever, everything, everything. And my, my classic conditioning and the way that I grew up was like, would usually be like to work harder. And I was like, you know what? Forget it. I was like, I'm just going to go. And I know I have to be outside. I know something that I, like, oh my God, this was one of the most life-changing practices for me was to sit down and write down my ideal day. Not having to do like, say you have a day off, very realistic, like, you know, not like, oh, I'm going to fly to Dubai, you know, this day. <laughs> like, you know, something very realistic, <laughs> you know, like what's your ideal day? <laughs> I'm going to go horseback riding on the beach in Maldives, like no big deal yet. <laughs> Yes, exactly. <laughs> right. Like what's a very red <laughs> exactly average. Figure out what you Hashtag enjoy. Mondays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your average Monday. I went to I went to, I flew to Italy to get some pizza. Yeah, no. It's like not that. So it's like uh you I read I figured out, and this was the, the, the simplest practice, and I figured out so like it was like some of the most life-changing things is I did not realize that for my well-being, as much as I knew that I liked to hike, blah, 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 whatever, I knew these things about myself. Like, there was this exercise that one of my friends put me through, uh, like, had, had me do. She was, like, doing this workshop. And anyway, so, I, and it was one of those life-changing things. She was like, write your ideal day. And I realized, with the things that make me happiest, I, I realized that I have to have some outside time every day. I have to, like, at least just for a few minutes, just get myself outside, breathe fresh air. And I think everybody needs that, but I don't think I realized how important it was to me specifically that I have to like sit outside on a patio, whatever. I have to have like some interaction with friends every day, like social interaction and outside interaction is like top tier for me. Like that's how I nourish my soul. And uh, I mean, as well as alone time too, I'm very much an ambivert, but it's like, kind of like the nourishing interactions. Yeah. Yeah, right. Like it's, I think I'm like a natural born introvert, but I think as I've gotten older, I realize like how much human interaction does mm-hmm. actually nourish me. Um, well, we're tribal, so I mean, that's I, that's human, right? It's we're all extroverted to a certain degree because we need human interaction. We're tribal creatures. We have, yeah. Anyways, go on. <laughs> exactly. Oh my god. Exactly. Right. It's very. It's primal. Like packs. Very. Like very few animals. Like actually. <laughs> like thrive alone you know it's like they yeah you need so anyway all of this to say um if I did not have this bank of things that I knew were like solid things what do I enjoy what do I love like some also what I enjoy is cooking sometimes or whatever so anyway 
in this particularly anxious state, it had been going on for like three weeks or so. I was like, okay, let's go back to the bank of what I enjoy. All right, I'm going to get outside. I'm going to drive for a little bit, whatever. So I went on this hike and um, it was just a short little hike, whatever. It was lovely. It helped me. It was, it was amazing. It was amazing. But what ended up happening, it was crazy because when I finally just let go and was like, okay, stop trying to figure out what the anxiety is teaching you. Stop trying to, whatever you you've sat with it for a while, let it leave. Like just, just let it leave. And even if it doesn't leave, just whatever, just enjoy your life for now, because you've just been, you've been anxious for a long time. Just enjoy it. Just enjoy it you have permission for the afternoon to just let the anxiety not be a thing. Just, just have fun. And what was crazy, not that this always is going to happen, but this was just, it was just a reminder. I was in, um, I was actually in this online course. I was getting like another certification and basically this online course was run by a woman that lives in Canada. And so a lot of these people, like we were all online. I had never met any of these people in person. I was in Sedona Sedona. This is when I was still living full-time in Arizona. And, um, and uh, so small place in general. Um, I went to a gas station that I don't usually go to because I was going to the specific hike. It was out of the way of my usual routine, all this stuff. I pulled into this gas station. Only two pumps are available at this gas station. Maybe four, like not a lot. And it's outside of the main drag of Sedona. Anyway, in rolls this car and I like kind of I'm like this really looks like one of the girls that's in my course I was like but it couldn't be because I was like she lives in like Michigan or something Mm -hmm. I was like who knows like you're not like none of the people are in the same vicinity Mm -hmm. literally I was just I pumped my gas I was like she looks so familiar I was like it can't be she taps me on the shoulder and she's like hey she was like I know this is like a really weird question she's like are you in that are you in the course like are we both in that course and I was like I was like, what in the world? She just so happened to be in Arizona. She was moving. She was like in a whole cross country move. We just so happened to be in the exact place at the exact time, the tiny gas station that I never go to. She doesn't even live there. All this stuff. And like, it didn't even, it wasn't even like anything other than holy shit like this is so cool like this is like Mm -hmm. we were meant to meet like had I not been in that anxious state would I have even decided to go on this hike whatever my anxiety Mm -hmm. had probably a lot more to teach me but like sometimes you can just enjoy yourself and let life just like work out as as it must and that I feel like those are reminders that it's like you're on the right path you can let go you can release you know? Yeah. Those, those kinds of synchronicities, at least I believe they don't just happen. And that's a beautiful, beautiful example of when we feel like we're really stuck in that pattern of trying to derive all the messages instead of just allowing ourselves to be in the moment, which there's a time and a place for seeing the lessons that are present. And if you've kind of been in that cycle and exhausted all the options and all the, the normal ways that you are used to doing that quote unquote work, that aspect of just giving yourself permission to be, which you did on that day is so powerful and can invite 
like that was literally the next lesson for you as you were in this rut of trying to learn the lesson from the anxiety, you let that go. And all of a sudden this synchronicity happened and I'd love to hear. So what ended up happening with this interaction? How did this unfold? Oh, it was so cool. So she was like, she said, hi, we hugged. Oh, this was even cooler. And you know, what's so funny too, is because I think I was waiting for the issue of my anxiety. I don't even remember exactly what it was, but I'm sure it had to do with like my living situation, probably money, things like that. Like the things Mm -hmm. that you kind of go through, like as basic human survival. And so I think sometimes we expect an issue to be resolved based on like, oh, I'm going to receive this amount of money or blah, 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 blah. But like that day kind of taught me like, you, there's an abundance of a lot of other things in your life. There's ways, you know, like there's, yes. and of course we need survival. We need the yeah. blah, 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 blah. But like, sometimes these things get resolved in ways that we're not expecting. And we have to be open to letting it resolve in ways that we are not expecting. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, so it was so funny because we were at this gas station, but since it was a little gas station, like there wasn't much room at the pumps. We didn't have much time to talk. And she was going, you know, somewhere and I was going another place. And anyway, so I was like, you know, she, I was like, well, how much longer are you here? Like, let's see if we can meet up again. Mm-hmm. She was like, yeah, for sure. Whatever. So, so anyway, we were, we were going to try to meet up. Turns out, uh, she was, she was camping and, and she, her campsite was five minutes from my house. Of course it was. Like, of <laughs> Where course it, it be? was. <laughs> And it was just so funny because she was like, oh, my, you probably live in Sedona proper. Like, I don't know if we'll make it back into the city. I was like, well, where's your campsite? She's like, Beaver Creek. I was like, oh, well, <laughs> I was like, well, funny enough, I live right by Beaver Creek. And <laughs> so I was like, just come to my house for breakfast. Mm. And she was able to come to my house. And it's like, you know, all the things that come to play when you're just living your life, you know, and when you're not trying to control the situation, it's like a kind of a thing, like have a plan, have a method of action, have the, have the grounding, be seaweed, but let you, let yourself flow. <laughs> yes. Let yourself be grounded, but flow to mm-hmm. be the seaweed. Cause it's like, you know, and, and it's, it's years, it's like, it's years in the making because even the, the woman that was facilitating this course that I said lived in Canada, mm-hmm lives in Canada. She found me through like, I don't even know how she found me, but she ended up, we ended up doing some kind of work together. And then she was running this course for the certification that all this stuff. So this was like years in the making that I even knew this woman, that I was even taking her course, that I was even like, it's like all of these things are years in the making. Like, it's like these synchronicities are building for years even though it's going to be presented in like a specific moment or a single day or whatever it's these synchronicities are building (laughs) we know it like it's like okay like even like and yeah even my like I get so nervous to even talk about this but I feel like the synchronicity here and I keep talking about this because I'm floored by the synchronicity of my current, like, I don't know if you'd call it, a, I don't know if it is a romantic relationship, but, um, mm. it's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. Tell me more. Tell me more. <laughs> Which is crazy. And this is, oh, and this is also, this is challenging my ego too, as a relationship, as a relationship coach, I'm like, Oh yeah. God, you know, because there's so many times in this 
although it's it's very very new still so I'm not you know who knows what's gonna happen with this but like oh my god so I'll tell you because this has been one of the hardest relationships for me like but that doesn't necessarily mean hardest doesn't necessarily mean bad and I'm not Mm -hmm. anyway all this to say he is someone that challenges my energy to a point that like I I feel things as deeply uh, like like the anger that I felt towards him when we go through Mm -hmm. situations makes me feel like the anger that I feel towards like my sister and my dad like people that are closest to me Mm -hmm. and as much as like you might perceive that as like oh you like someone might perceive like oh you got so mad you wanted to rip his face off maybe you shouldn't be in that relationship (laughs) I'm like no no (laughs) it's probably because that's that is actual emotional intimacy there and that is someone Mm. who's triggering me in a very very deep way which means he's uncovering me in a way that it's a it that is my work you know like that's my work so to even the the synchronicities that came to be for me to meet him who I've never been so triggered in my whole freaking life (laughs) in this way like and it it makes me so angry but it's good for me like you know like Anyway, point being is I met this man, um, I met him this past summer, just all of, all of these things. So, okay. So summer of 2021, we met summer of 2022, summer of 21, I just so happened to decide to go to the Island of Ciros. I was like, just one of my friends was meeting up with me, um, He had never been to Greece. I was like, basically, I was like, let's just explore somewhere new that I've never been. And I wanted to find an island or something that was close by to the other places that we were going. So we chose Mm -hmm. Syros, just like not knowing much, but just like thinking it looked cute. It was good. It was affordable, blah, blah, blah. We went. Great. Made friends with this lady who um, we went to her, like her restaurant every night. It was like, we would go to dinner. We'd go to her restaurant for like a glass of wine. And then there was a club next door. (laughs) We'd go out and like party. Truly, and you know what? I know, truly. And see, that's something that I enjoy that I know when I'm in Greece. I'm like, yeah, it's not technically high vibe to like go out all night, but when I'm in Greece, I like to go out and party. We've actually totally uh vibed on that level too, that you and I both love to party. Oh yeah. Um and it's not a daily thing, right? Like it's like (laughs) all these things, it's like it's fun sometimes you just have to have fun and be silly and like whatever so anyway all this to say I made friends with this woman who owns this restaurant bar with her husband blah 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 she and I just like friends made friends in 2021 I really fell in love with the island of Syros and when I was deciding to do a retreat in Greece I didn't really know I, I had been deciding a bunch of different places and in my mind I was like oh why don't I go I was like Syros. I was like that's an island that people are not going to go to the average tourist is not going to go to um you know like this is you can really show people the authentic Greek culture you love it it's small mm-hmm. it's like nice to navigate like beautiful waters like had everything so I just through a series of just deciding what retreat it was kind of like an aha moment of like oh go back to Syros. that was a great place go there yeah um, so the next, so summer 22 running the retreat. So I get to Syros and, um, and basically I, you know, I was by myself there. And so I was kind of needing some like social interaction. 
Um, I had been a hermit enough. I, I, I had done my, my hermiting enough after partying <laughs> for the summer. And I was like, all right, retreat mode, get yourself ready. So I had been a hermit. And I was like, okay, I need to just, I need to go have social interaction. I was like, let me go see my friend. Let me go see my friend. And I was like, go, go to her place, have a glass of wine, whatever. Even though I'm by myself, I can at least like be out in the Mm -hmm. world. And, uh, and I had to run some errands anyway. So I'll go in, run some errands, whatever, go to her place to sit down and have some wine, but I couldn't, I didn't see her and I couldn't find her. And she was a friend that I hadn't like kept up with throughout the Mm -hmm. year, but she was like a friend that. I think we like had each other on Instagram, but we didn't really talk. So I, mm-hmm. I didn't have her number to like reach out to her or anything like that. So, um, so I'm like at her place and I don't see her and I'm like kind of trying to decide, do I go home? Do I not like whatever? Like maybe she doesn't own the place anymore. Who knows what? And so I finally realized I can just ask someone. <laughs> and so I went up, I went up to, <laughs> you had one of those epiphany moments you were referring to (laughs) yes I was like wow why don't you be a human being and ask someone stop trying to figure it out on your own Uh, so so I went up to a server and basically my like it was just so funny because I went up to a server and I asked if Ioana was there the my friend Ioana I was like is is Ioana here and he was like and we were talking in Greek, but everybody knows, even though my Greek is, is good, my Greek is good. It's not, I, I speak like a Greek American. So my, mm-hmm. my accent is decent, but I just, I don't sound like a, an authentic Greek mm-hmm. person. And so I was like, uh, he was like, oh, he's like in Greek. He's like, of course she's here. And then he asked me in English, he goes, where are you from? <laughs> and I was like, well, and so anyway, I was like, well, my, um, my, I, I grew up in America, but I was like, my family's from Chios and Thessaloniki. And he was like, I'm from Thessaloniki. I was like, okay, okay. And he was like, and Ioana is my sister. And I was like, okay. So this friend that I made, this is her brother. I was like, mm-hmm. okay, cool, fine, cool. So he's like, let me take you in to go see her. Long story short, I ended up realizing that night that there was a vibe. Again, didn't think much of it. Didn't think mm-hmm. much of it. I was like, we'll have, we'll have our fun for a few days, whatever. But what what made me, we ended up of having a good time and ending up seeing where the relationship's going to go, blah, blah, blah. He was on his way back to Thessaloniki from, he was working in Mykonos for the summer. We've danced circles around each other for years between him being in this, being from yeah. Thessaloniki. That's, and that is the like synchronicity is like, it's yeah. so crazy. So yeah. So he like grew up in the place where like half of my family is from. And so we've been, you know, knowing the same places for years and things like that. He's been working in Mykonos every summer for the past like seven years. I've been going to Mykonos every summer, multiple years. How we've never met in Mykonos, I have no idea because that island is small. But like, it's like that ended up happening. I realized that his sister apparently told him about me the year that she met me in summer of 21. Mm-hmm. She was like, I met this girl. She was like, um, she was like, I feel like you'd really like her at the time he was trying to come to America to work. She was like, if you end up going to America, you've got to meet her. I feel like you'd really yeah. like her. Let that go. She was like, whatever. He didn't end up coming to America, blah, 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 whatever. I came back to Ciros just so happened to be that specific time, that specific moment as he was 
because he comes to Spiros like after he finishes summer in Mykonos Mm -hmm. to help his sister at the restaurant just to visit for like a week or two. So that happens. The fact that that was even the specific moment that he happened to be coming through, going back to the Saloniki at the time, at that specific moment that I was there, um, is insane. After his sister already kind of like put a connection together, whatever. Then I realized, I literally just now realized, I feel like the more I learn about this, the more I'm like, what the heck? Because he was, had he stayed in Mykonos all summer, last summer he like, working in Mykonos is like very hard on him and he ended up leaving early um had like the fact that like his he would he would we would have completely missed each other had he worked all season in Miguel. the fact that he left early came back like all of these synchronicities that like we there were so many reasons that we were not generally according to the general plan not supposed to meet Mm -hmm. but we did and it just so happened that I had decided two days before I met him that I was going to come back to Greece for the winter to um to just see how how I liked Greece in the winter (laughs) you know like I just decided why don't I just see because I was like, well, I only know how I'm, where I'm going to live through December or whatever. So I decided, okay, I'm going to come back to Greece in the winter. So him in his mind, he was like, well, if you're coming back in the winter, let's just see where this goes. Mm-hmm. Come back. Like, had any of these things been, had any of these things been different? Like, had I not decided to come back in the winter, maybe we would have left it where it was in the summer. But like, how much growth and development I've gone through just in these few months I'm like we were supposed to meet because Mm -hmm. this has been like one of the most challenging pieces as someone that has worked so hard on her relationship with herself I was not ready for this kind of trigger (laughs) without all of that work and it's like the opportunity presented Mm -hmm. itself in the right place at the right time who knows who knows what's going to happen beyond this beyond this thing beyond this like it's you know it's already a successful relationship to me, whether yeah. we decide to stay together or not. I was going to say, of how yeah, much clearly you are meant to come together for a reason, whether this is a divine union for the rest of your lifetime on this earth, or this is meant to teach you a significant lifetime lesson. It's very evident mm-hmm. that this is meant to be your souls were united for a reason to teach you something very specific maybe that is eternal love. Maybe that is something totally different. Mm -hmm. But going back full circle to what we were talking about before, if you had just pushed it away because it's a very triggering relationship for you and has shone a light on a lot of things that are confronting for you and have made you uncomfortable, if you just pushed it away, that opportunity would dissolve and it would no longer be Mm -hmm. there. So thank you for sharing that story. And also I commend you for leaning in to this relationship and this space of discomfort and these triggers and dancing in that void. (laughs) I love this. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Speaking of, speaking of the person, um, (laughs) where's the proper headphones? There we go. Oh, he came in and I like sent him a message on how to open 
the door and whatever. We're in like this apartment. And Did we just manifest him coming to your house? <laughs> <laughs> Did you ask him if his ears we were attracted him? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're funny. I'm just in the other room talking about you on a podcast. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh my God. No, but exactly. It's like, had I not, I think the average person, because yeah, in my mind, like my mind initially, like totally jumps to like, you know, when, when things are triggering, when things are hard, it's like my mind immediately goes to like, can I, can I do this any longer? Like, can I blah, 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 which is, which is natural. And again, of course it's important if there's a pattern of blah, blah, that's not, whatever. Like, of course there's a nuance here, you know, like be honest with yourself, do the dance, do the dance. though. was the thing is like, be honest with yourself about what's going on. But at the end of the day, I realized that I'm, I'm trying so hard to decide if this is, if this is, or it isn't or whatever, what's going to happen next after this. And it's like, just do the dance for now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like, yeah. And I think if I was, if I was so focused on how bad the trigger felt, I would, I would totally be avoiding a situation. And as much as I tend to be like more of an anxious attachment type of type of gal, mm -hmm. um, you can still avoid, you know, and, and, yeah. and that's exactly what, what would be exactly. So it's like, if it, exactly what, because even, yeah, when there's been certain issues, like I've, some of my friends have been like, do you feel like you could see yourself like, you know, dealing with this long-term? And I'm like, I don't know. They don't mm -hmm. know yet. Like, I don't know, yeah. but I'm not gonna, it's still so new. It's still so whatever. And yeah, figuring it out, whatever. But it's like, I don't know. Like, I think sometimes people are trying so hard to figure out the outcome or trying to figure out if they can do this or if they can, whatever that they, they aren't, they aren't dancing. They aren't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They aren't, they aren't actually just listening to what the present moment is teaching them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, being with the experience instead of trying to discern the lesson immediately before it's even been learned. Because the yeah, recognition exactly. of the lesson usually comes after the fact, right? But so often we find ourselves in that state of trying to discern the lesson as we're actually navigating the experience. It's like, okay, well, you're actually taking away from the learning of the lesson itself when you're trying to dissect it in the process mm -hmm. of the experience, instead of allowing the experience to unfold organically and then taking the time after the fact, or at least when you're in a state where you can more effectively embody it and reflect on it without having so many variables up in the air and reflect and then say, oh, that was the lesson. And then this is the lesson that is continuing to unfold that I'm being invited to lean into or what have you. Obviously, everything unfolds differently for everybody. But yeah, it's that state of presence. Just be with it and let it unfold. And don't try to break it into tiny little pieces. Let the dust settle, you know, yeah. like let the change occur, you know, things like that. Like whether you're not in a relationship or you are, it's like, I think about like, yeah. So even like, you know, cause like we were saying, synchronicities take years to actually build. Mm -hmm. So it's like, if you aren't, yeah, if you aren't just there in the moment, like synchronicities are, are already 
building in these moments like whatever's happening today is building synchronicities for the future or whatever which is which are going to be answers when you're not in a relationship I think sometimes people are like trying to wonder like why they aren't or trying to figure out like you know like it's like they're they're trying to what's the word I'm looking for <laughs> I like words like they're, they're trying to figure out so if you're not in a relationship sometimes you're figuring out like you're trying to figure out when it's going to happen or what's wrong with mm -hmm. you or what's blah 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 and then when you're in the relationship, sometimes you're, you're trying to figure out like, um, like when's the other, like trying to base decisions off of something that's like a problem that's happening now. Mm -hmm. Like in other words, if you have an issue with a partner, you, you, you have to talk about this. You have to work, you know, have a discussion, have a whatever. And then you have to leave time for the work to actually happen for the problem and I think with someone like I think a lot of people experience anxiety and the way that anxiety is typically calmed is by knowing exactly what the outcome is and so I think sometimes in relationships people like feel like oh you know this one issue well they they've accepted in their mind that it's going to stay that way forever they're like basing whatever whatever is mm -hmm. you know they're not letting someone actually be imperfect I think sometimes we're trying to make the person fit our idea of what it should be instead of just honoring them and their humanity, honoring whatever's happening. And it's like, that's really just a reflection of how much are you giving yourself permission to just be human yeah. as well? Because in one way, like, you know, you could, you could, you, oh, both sides, you know, like both, both things, like while a person with anxious attachment is probably going to attract someone with avoidant attachment, mm -hmm. The anxious person is going to see all this fault in how the avoidant person is avoiding things while the avoidant person could see the anxious person and be like, this person is so emotionally dysregulated. Like <laughs> what's going on here? Mm -hmm. You know, and they're both just doing their own dances, but you have to be willing to do the dance. Yeah. You know, when you're, when you're single and you're like, Oh, I've done all this work on myself. Like, don't I love myself enough already to have a relationship? Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, just do the dance. If you love yourself enough, just keep loving, just keep loving that. Like, okay, fine. The idea is to just to enjoy it. Like just yeah. enjoy it. Cause at the end of the day, you've got to enjoy your life, whether you're with someone, whether you're not like, we're so focused on an outcome when mm -hmm. the outcome is a piece of the process, you know, it's like the healing, we're never going to be like hundred percent healed. We're waiting for like, some people are like, isn't the, isn't the goal to not be triggered anymore? And I'm like, no, but the goal is to just let the triggers be the triggers and work through the triggers mm -hmm. and, and whatever, and enjoy yeah. it and have the pain and the blah, blah, blah. And the enjoy anyway. it and enjoy it from that space of non-attachment. Cause as you said, the attachment to the outcome, that's the energetic space of where we're living in the future, essentially, which is where the anxiety comes from. The opposite of that is living in the past, which is where depression comes from. But if we can be in the present from that space of non-attachment, that's where the beauty exists. That's where the ecstasy of just this moment of this now exists. And to be with that, that is something that I've been really, really trying to be present to lately and bring into my everyday life is just being in the now. And deriving 
the bliss from this moment and and not trying to focus on what the outcome that I want from this is. And that's been such a process for me coming from a very OCD controlling a type personality and somebody who was living in the like toxic masculinity that we talked about before, which really drives our society. It's that element of control. We want to be in control of the process. We want to be in control of the outcome. We want to know how the plan, like how, what are all the steps that are going to get there to this specified outcome that we have set in our mind And the very essence of that, of trying to control that and trying to be very particular about the A, B, C, D, E, F, G to get there takes away from our ability to really enjoy the process and be in the now and see every moment as blissful and literally orgasmic. Like every element of life can be orgasmic. This is this concept of living life in what is called Eros. It's living your life in a state of orgasmic bliss and actually a greek word yeah yeah Yeah. amazing (laughs) speaking of have you read um a return to eros by mark gaffney no i haven't beautiful beautiful book Mm. i need to i need to write that down um i'll send it to you return to return to to eros it's okay it's a reframe on basically how we address sexuality and how we've basically taken eroticism and segregated it into only sexual things. Whereas mm. sex and sexuality and physical orgasm through sex, that is a component of eros and of eroticism every element of life is erotic there you can be orgasmic in every moment of life you can have sensual experiences in every moment of life but we have eradicated that to the sexual and and very often demonized that too and so Mm -hmm. it's this process of shifting how we conceptualize that and how we look at it and then from there once we've reconceptualized it to start to live in this state of eros where the orgasmic blissful erotic states are not just in the sexual and then further from that once you do that the sexual becomes ever more orgasmic because you have derived orgasmic bliss from the mundane Mm -hmm. and so then when you have those truly euphoric moments those truly intimate moments they become that much more and that's where people talk about like divine union and seeing god through orgasm or having like really like prolific experiences through intimate connection and through sex and sexuality or even just in those mundane moments that is this whole process of embodying this concept yeah, I, I think you would really, really enjoy it. And for the listeners, yeah, it's called A Return to Eros by Mark Gaffney. That's amazing. No, exactly. And if you think about it, it's like sexual experiences are like, they start, and this is so interesting. Um, 
when you think like that is the portal to like your body is like your and that's why it's so important to like bring all the healing back into the body is because your body is your portal to heaven and what's kind of cool is it's full circle because when you the I love something I love about the Greek language is that there's love like in 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 English there's the word love but in Greek there's there's the word love for a lot of different things and there's different levels of love so you can say I love you without saying I love you like the mm -hmm. basic like agape is like the highest form of unconditional love but you wouldn't tell everybody sagapo you wouldn't tell everybody that because not everybody's on that highest level of unconditional love, but there's mm. Eros, which is like the first form of love, which is like the first, if, if you think about it, and then there's, there's other ones, Philia, which is like brotherly love, friendly love, things like that. There's, there's seven different words for love and levels of love, but <coughs> it starts with Eros. And so it's really cool that you mentioned that because when you think about Eros, it actually starts like, you can feel that on a very bodily level. There is that intimate connection that is Eros, but at the same time, everything that we experience in life is going to go through that ladder of the levels of, of love, you know, like it, everything in life is going to go on, on this, on this cycle of like the levels of love, the, whatever the waves and everything I think has to start with Eros. You have to like, you have to romanticize like, in order to like really enjoy your life, really make, be in the present. It's like, you want to romanticize these mundane, um, simplistic moments and make them erotic because then that's, that's like the first step towards love, like sensuality, things like that. It's like, that is how you build upon love. Yeah. Oh, that's incredible. What a Right. That, I love you brought that up. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And it's, it can sound a little complicated, I think, too, until you really dive into the depths of it. But like, for example, just in the morning, when you sit down with your cup of cacao or your cup of coffee, or you sit down with your breakfast to be fully present to that and ignite all of your senses with that. Like, how does this beverage smell how does it taste how does this warmth just caress my lips and my tongue and my throat and into my heart space and how does the taste ignite my taste buzz and like something as simple as that as simple as being so present to a meal or a beverage and finding the eroticism in that because eroticism and, and true sexuality are based in sensuality, right? Like we, and sensuality is the ignition of all five of our senses. So what in your everyday life in the quote unquote mundane moments, can you ignite all of your senses and be fully present in that moment and not focused on the 8 billion other things that are going on in our external world? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. exactly setting that tone setting the tone being present being in your body before you start dealing with everything else it's like you set and you decide what's happening within you decide how aware you're going to be of yourself and then 
and then you allow yourself to enter the world. Like mm-hmm. you start with that. Yeah. And when you start your day, cause that is, it's a form, it's really, it's, a, it's literally a form of love to just be present. Mm-hmm. Like, I love, that's such a, that's such a great point. Exactly. I love that you said day, that in that exact way too, because I think <laughs> I've actually said recently, I wish that presence was defined as a love language. I guess quality time could, could kind of go hand in hand with presence. But for me, that is something I've been so deeply yearning. And that is my love language right now is presence. If you can show up in conversation, inter- in interaction with me and be fully present, that to me is one of the most beautiful expressions of love that I could receive and that I can give. And can you imagine if we all lived in that state of bringing that sense of eroticism and sensuality and deep presence into every single moment and interaction and having that at the forefront of our mind where in this moment right here, right now with this person in this conversation or in this experience, I'm going to be present to all of my senses and I'm just going to be in the now instead of on the phone and thinking about the groceries that I have to get and the million things that I have to do today. Can you imagine how that would just change our experience of life itself and to start small and just bring that into moments in our everyday life mm-hmm. and start to build that up. Exactly. 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 It's like the, it's the, it's the little moments, the little things, the, yeah, exactly. As much presence, as much enjoyment and as much just like honest observation, like, that's really all it is. And it's just a dance. It's just a dance. Like at the end of the day, <laughs> the groundedness. is literally, this is the takeaway. Be the seaweed. It's the groundedness. It's the presence. It's be there. Okay. And then flow. <laughs> That's it. Yes. That's it. I absolutely love that. Yeah. <laughs> Mantra for the day. I'm going to write this on my mirror. Yes. Be the seaweed. <laughs> the seaweed (laughs) exactly it exactly it the seaweed is totally grounded where it is and it flows (laughs) it's so simple and such a goofy little metaphor but I actually love it because it's like the groundedness the solidarity the structure at the base being the masculine and then the seaweed being in flow being the feminine if we can integrate both of those into our daily practices in that deep presence in that state of what what type of orgasmic bliss can this moment can this interaction bring me to interweave all of that like what a beautiful way to live our life what a beautiful in way to interact with other human beings honestly hmm. honestly yeah how much how much more vulnerable and intimate and deep the connections could be you know, yeah. if we were willing to, to show up like that. Mm-hmm. Well, my dear, I do want to be respectful of your time. And we've been chatting for quite some time. How unlike us. <laughs> I know. I was like, I know that we... <laughs> Gosh. There's a specific reason. I allotted two hours specifically because I was like, I know us. This is not going to be. This is going to be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, 
It's always a pleasure. <laughs> um, just to wrap things up here, I would love to know if if you could send one message out into the world right now, what would that be? <laughs> wow. Oh, that's such a good question. Um, uh, the stay green, like stay green, like same kind of thing we've been talking about. Do the dance, do the things, but stay green because I think sometimes when we get so good at doing the work and when we get so used to doing the work um we can feel like we like know it all or have it figured mm -hmm. out or mm -hmm. whatever and you know even in even in relationships what's what's really been I, like it's the the ego don't let your ego get in the way don't let what you already know get in the way of still being present like always as much as you might know about the energy and your energy and all the things like be really open to all the opportunities that are going to make you feel very green, very new. Yeah. Uncomfortable, like stay open to not being the expert, even though you're, you're the expert and you're never the expert at the same time. Like yeah. I would say, just like let everything just be like, if you could, if you could, live every day with the curiosity of a child mm. like how much more that you could learn yes I love that forever a student always a child I love this mm. yeah all right well soul family you heard Alexia stay green be curious be childlike go play always be learning thank you my dear for showing up authentically and fully as the beautiful human being that you are and i look forward to hearing about the rest of your adventures in greece and how this relationship unfolds and just watching you to continue to spread your magic with the world so thank you yes of course, of course. Thank you so um, much. Also, where can our audience find you? Yes. Instagram and TikTok are going to be the best places at the moment. Um, and you'll be able to find my website and everything else, their offerings. Um, Instagram's just my name, Alexia Sateris, and same thing with TikTok. Um, and... Yes, they can find more information. They can also find me, though, if they want to find me in person. They can find me um, on my I have two upcoming retreats this year, um, April, end of April. Yes. Yes. Sedona, Arizona. Oh, my goodness. Yes. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited for this one. My, my intention with these retreats is to let people experience, like, the healing the healing of the land, experience a new place, but experience it like a local, experience it like authentically. So Sedona, Arizona, end of April. It's going to be magical, 
what magical. A, Talk about what being a mediocre in the- place in the world to have it. Like, oh my goodness. <laughs> Just one of the largest vortices. (laughs) Just one of the chakras of the earth. No big deal. (laughs) Um, If you have not been to Sedona and you're desiring human connection and connection with the earth, I highly encourage you to look into this retreat (laughs) because I can guarantee you just being in Sedona will be pure magic, but being in this beautiful sister's presence will be pure magic. And I can just feel it. It's yeah. I it's gonna wait. be beautiful we're doing yeah we're doing so much in Sedona itself like exactly like we're totally we're going to like a lot of we're making sure to honor like the native land as well like we're we're not doing the super touristic stuff we're doing the things that I've had the privilege of like learning from the locals um thank you for bringing that in I think that's such an important yeah. piece to honor the land and honor the history and yeah what an experience too to be able to go and do that and not just do the touristy things yes yes exactly and we're bringing like the element of water into it too um Sedona like as much as it's the desert there's actually so much water there and so we're bringing in again grounded with flow um so we're going to a lot of the water spots we're going yes exactly so it's like this native knowledge and intuition and wisdom that our ancestors have built into this land um honoring that being present with ourselves feeling the energy community healing practices like it's oh, I cannot wait so end of april um details are on my website which you can find through instagram I'll also send you you can link it to it's unmapped.me is my website all of this will be um, in the show notes for those who are interested <laughs> And then um, second retreat is September, beginning of September, Ciros, Greece. <gasps> um, again, can't wait. <laughs> so that is also, yes. And that's, I mean, and even the land of Greece. Okay. That's where my family's from, which great. I speak the language. Um, we have, we have the connections we have like, you know, there's a, there's a lot of, um, you're going to get kind of the backstage pass both in Sedona and in Greece. And um, when you think of Greece in general too, like this is like where like the world's wisdom systems, like mm-hmm. whatever, like think about like all these, these Greek philosophers, like had the, they were on this sacred land. It's beyond words. Like there's mm-hmm. something about the energy of, of Greece that, that birthed, so much of civilization and what we know today so being able to experience that being able to experience it through like you know alongside someone that knows the local situation they don't have to figure out any foreign whatever any weird like anything whatever like got you covered the water's beautiful (laughs) we're chilling and we're having fun it's all about vitality there it's all about freshness simplicity yeah it's incredible it's incredible Amazing. and that one is super super intimate too um yeah it's a very family style everything I love it Beautiful. so those are the two places you can find me in person amazing all right my dear well thank you for so sharing much. your beautiful self with the world and the be- and the big little soul podcast and I wish you all the best in your explorations in Greece and who knows maybe I'll see you in April or September or in 
who knows where I'm going to be in the world in that amount of time. So I know our paths will cross <laughs> again when they're they serendipitously meant to. Maybe just talk about synchronicity. But, oh my goodness. Right? Yeah. We could have done a too. whole other like half hour blurb on this podcast about the synchronicity of our meeting, but totally. I digress. <laughs> All right. Exactly. I love you very much. Oh, Thank you for being you. here. And, uh, Another episode in the near future. I can't wait. All right. Well, and thank you to the listeners. Thank you for tuning in today. And we will catch you on the next episode of the Big Little Soul podcast. Have a beautiful day. If this episode spoke to your beautiful soul, added value to your life and your day, I would so appreciate if you could take just a moment of your time to share it on social media, tag me in your stories, share it with a friend or family member or loved one who could derive some sort of value from these words, and to also share your feedback with me. Send me a DM, and I would love to hear from you. I appreciate you tuning in and spending your time with me and I am sending you so much love from my big little soul to yours. Have a blessed day, fam.